What's up, everyone? Oh, I didn't like that. I got stuck in my throat. <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Go down that route. <laughs> What's up, everyone? And welcome to Raise the Geek, your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, it's our one-year anniversary, so why not? Let's talk the Blade Trilogy. Before Moon Knight introduces us to the supernatural corner of the MCU, we go back to the original big screen Marvel hero. We're also going to talk about Miss Marvel's trailer debut, and we look back at our first year while also looking ahead at what's to come for Raise the Geek. And always, by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. And we are back. Welcome, everyone. Episode 48, Raise the Geek is here. It is our one-year anniversary. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? We are doing okay here on this Saturday evening, a little late night, a uh, little late night recording session for us, switching it up a little bit, changing gears. So I'm good, man, trying to ease into my weekend. Even though now I guess it's already halfway over. Uh, it doesn't feel like it because I did work a Saturday this week. So weekends cut a little short. But you know what? I'm just going to try to enjoy myself and sit here with a little uh, little talk with you, my friend, about our, our one-year anniversary. That's what we're celebrating, man. It's been It's been a year. Can you believe it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy that we've already been doing this a year almost every almost every weekend for a year i think we've been pretty consistent so pretty. well you got to think this is what our 48th episode right yeah so 48 episodes there's 52 weeks in a year mm-hmm. that means we only took off maybe you know one or two and we had a bunch of bonus episodes there in there as well did our whole loki series that was like two a week for about yeah. six weeks <laughs> yeah that, we, that one was a struggle yeah <laughs> we did two, that. Doing, yeah two a week for loki i was glad we uh we learned to not do that. Try that one. We're going to kill ourselves doing this two, two weeks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's been fun. It's our one year old baby. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. We're a little bit later, a little bit later in plan. I've kind of been running around. I got my, my sister's coming into town tomorrow for spring break with her kids. So, you know, you got to clean the house and get some grocery shopping and get some food and make room. And in a house that's not used to having kids, you have to like, kid proof a house yeah, what, do put I, away what do i want not broken not broken and put away like make sure there's no sharp knives that can fall onto a short person or all that stuff how many how many uh you're still your sister and her kids are coming how many guest rooms do you have just the one yeah. or you guys got a, you got one? one yeah we have one we have one guest room slash office so there's a bed in my wife's office so okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we got to get a curtain so when she's on Zoom calls, it just doesn't look like she's a child in a bedroom. <laughs> I was just, I just asking because I was like, "Are you going to get chased out of your bedroom?" And be like, "I'll sleep on the nah, nah, that nah. Ain't we, we, Kids, kids sleep on couches and air mattresses, so we usually set up an air mattress in the living room, and usually my mom comes too. So we sit. My my sister just crashed on the couch. The kids are on an air mattress. My mom gets the bed in the guest room and. They yeah. just kind of do it, but this time it's just my sister, so they should all be able to air mattress and bed it. 
Well, like, kids can sleep anywhere. They can sleep on the floor. It's like an adventure when you're a kid, just go somewhere and like air mattress. It's fun. Yeah. Who doesn't love sleeping on an air mattress, especially when you're a child and you don't have to worry about it deflating on you in the, in the middle of the night. Right. When you weigh, yeah. when you only weigh like 50 pounds, it's like just being in a, on an adventure. Yeah. So I'm preparing myself for house guests, house guests and noise. I'm used to sitting sure. here in silence and just mm. quiet most of the time and that's not what i'm gonna have for a week (laughs) so yeah getting getting pumped up but it's like the first time in forever like a decade 15 i mean i can't remember the last time i actually hung out with just my sister Mm -hmm. it's always been like my mom or family and like my sister and i'll sneak away and like go pick up some pizza or do a beer run and we'll get like an hour or you know or maybe alone just like the two of us to hang out I can't remember the last time. So, I mean, the idea that we're going to have like a week to just hang out is kind of, yeah. kind of exciting. I haven't been able to hang out with my sister in that way in a while. So, yeah, it's funny. Well, we both, I mean, you know this about me, but we're telling you listeners out there, we both have younger sisters and it's just funny how like the older you get, the more you're like, Hey, this is a cool person. I like hang out with. And it's like my friend. Cause when you're young, you're like, Oh, my little sister, get away from me. You're, yep. you're stupid. And I like push them around and you're just <laughs> mortal, you're mortal enemies in the house. But when yep. you get older, you're just like, ah, we, we grew, we grew up and have the same life experiences and can both laugh about our childhood together. And just, uh, it's, it's funny that, that it works yep. that way. There's nobody else I can, my sister and I can just, we'll just start talking and people most most of the time they're like what the hell are you guys talking about and we're cracking up about something that we don't even know it's like we're got twin language now so we can yeah. we talk about stuff and we don't even no one knows what we're talking about so we got our own language it's a good time i'm excited to yeah hang out with the with the fam for a few days gonna go see american ninja warrior live that's a thing that actually happens they're doing they're <laughs> taping one of the premiere episodes they're doing a they're doing uh, one of the qualifying rounds here. So we got ah. free tickets to go to the qualifying rounds of American Ninja Warrior uh, for Monday. So should be interesting. That'll be fun. That's like modern day American Gladiators. That's just what I call that show is basically yep. what it is. <laughs> yep. uh. Watching people run and jump. It should be fun. So I'm kind of on a somewhat vacation. I still have some work, but anyway, yeah, big, big week. Super excited, but more excited that we get take this time here Saturday night, get some recording. And Don, as we said multiple times already, one year of the show, Raised a Geek is one. It is uh, getting raised a little bit geekier. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delete that. That was no good. <laughs> <laughs> getting raised to be even more geekier. Yeah, yeah that's man. a thing. You could tell, you know, we got no, no cuts, no edits here. It's all whatever comes out. Uh, but we were talking before we went on, just trying to figure out even why we started doing this, you know, why, where we came from and, you know, so much of it is crazy because so much of it came from the pandemic Mm. where it's just, you had that up, everyone was at home and, you know, we start playing video games more and we start talking more on having that time. And next thing you know, Don and I are sitting there and playing call of duty. And then we stopped, just paused the game and we're spending an hour talking about, marvel movies and geek stuff comic books that we're reading and all this stuff and next thing you know it's an hour later and we're like we could have uh recorded that and made the podcast (laughs) out of that and had some fun you know doing that and that's kind of where it all 
kind of got birthed out of the pandemic and just hanging out and being able to hang out with you again and actually talk about some of this stuff. You're one of, we said multiple times, you're one of my only friends that I can really talk to about this stuff on at mm-hmm. least the same level. You know, sometimes you'll have conversations with people about things and then they immediately like, you're like, oh, cool. And you're enjoying this conversation. Then all of a sudden they say something that you know is wrong. And you're like, <laughs> do I correct them yeah. or do I just let it slide? And then, you know, the conversation or- falls apart at that point. Or it's just like you can see in their faces they're just bored while you're trying to, and in your mind you're like, oh, but I love this stuff, and I can't talk to you about it because you look like I'm boring you to tears. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we don't have that uh, problem between each other. It's funny too. Yeah, the the pandemic did kind of bring this podcast, I guess, about because me and you did always stay in pretty close contact but it'll just be like through texting and stuff and every now and then you know it might maybe a phone call here and there but you we've lived across the country from each other for a number of years now yeah and uh so then once the video gaming really kicked into high gear with the pandemic we were talking more like you said on headset and these are just conversations we had like dude did you see this yeah i saw it let's talk about it while we're you know shooting people in a first person shooter game together but the conversations are always steering towards these cool comic book stuff we're watching and other you know shows we're watching like yeah like you said why don't we just put some microphones uh up and and record this so yeah yeah that's kind of where it came from and uh it's totally been it's it's been a hell of a year man they keep pushing out content that we both love and we keep wanting to talk about it yeah absolutely so i mean as we said this was episode 48 but we've done you know, killed ourselves with two a week. We were easily in the sixties of probably episodes um, for sure pushing towards that, you know, uh, 100 episode marker, which we'll get to some point this year. I'm assuming, um, if we count fingers crossed. And stuff, fingers crossed, we'll keep, keep pushing through, <laughs> but a lot of, you know, moments and things that we talked about, you know, a lot of content that I haven't, I wouldn't have watched if we weren't doing this show, you know, I mean, would I have made it through, I mean, how many shows would I have quit halfway through if, we weren't sure to talk about it, you know? So, I mean, so many completion moments and, you know, one of the ones that stand out for me is army of the dead. Mm-hmm. Like that one turned out to be one of the first episodes we did that I had a lot of fun, even going back and listening to, because just kind of making fun of that movie, <laughs> um, yeah. even though we both liked that movie, but that was also a movie that I would have never, I can't imagine I would have watched it if I knew we weren't going to talk about it here. And that's mm-hmm. something I would have missed out on, you know, because that movie was, yes, it's not the greatest, but it was entertaining and I had fun watching it. But I, I know if we weren't doing this, I would have been like two and a half hours, Zack Snyder, zombie movies, Batista. <laughs> I, and I can easily yeah. see myself checking out of that quickly. But no, yeah. I got to watch it. And then you and I got to have a lot of fun with it. And I probably had more fun talking about it with you than I did watching the movie. And that was just one that I just remember we just had a lot of fun just kind of going back and forth on that movie. And it was one of the first ones, first like reviews we tried to do where we weren't mm-hmm. just like talking, we weren't reacting. We were actually we were, trying we to weren't recapping. Right. Right. We did a yeah. little recapping, but it wasn't, it wasn't like yeah. what we did before. We were always doing like winter soldier where it was just like, this is what happened in this episode. And this is what we think it's going to mean for the future and stuff where yeah. army of the dead was our first like kind of review of something sure yeah i can you can kind of trace that back to being the point where we kind of learned to just kind of loosen up with the way we talk about things we're watching a little bit and we decided at that point that it was okay to make fun of something and just laugh about it and it'd be okay 
and and just kind of have a fun conversation like we would talk to each other about that movie anyway mm-hmm. you know instead of just having a critical rundown beginning to end we were just able to make fun of it while still having fun at the same time so that was i agree with you that was a fun one kind of a turning point for us um and i agree with you i made have gotten to that movie at some point but i wouldn't have watched it in the same way if we weren't going to talk about it here and, um, and perfect example is that have you watched the prequel no the uh <laughs> the one about the safe people like well, uh, i i can't even tell you what army of thieves yeah or is that what it's yeah, called Ar- army of thieves right 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 yeah i was have you watched that one yet no have not i have not completely yet. forgot it was a thing i see it pop up in netflix every once in a while and i'm like damn yeah, one i had fun with that came kind of after that was the ninja turtles episode we did uh, we decided just on a whim, like, hey, man, let's just talk about Ninja Turtles, a movie we both love. And like, well, if we're going to talk about the first one, let's talk about the second one. And if we're going to talk about the second one, let's talk about the third one. Uh, foreshadowing for this episode. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, I man, I just had a lot of fun with that episode just because it had been a while since I'd seen those movies and they had like meant so much to me then. And like rewatching, them, I was just like, yeah, man. And I would not have sat down and watched ninja turtles one two and three in like a span of two days if not for doing this show and i was like happy i did afterwards like that was really fun and i I feel like we had a lot of fun with that one too in the same way similar to um the dead movie just kind of laughing about stuff and pointing out things that are silly and uh things that still hold up to today and just having a lot of a lot of fun with that so that was a great time that one that one was fun because you had the nostalgia factor of you know 1989 or 1990 ninja turtles movie and just what yeah. a cultural phenomenon that movie was and now netflix has got it up on their thing but they have some weird picture of them like cooking s'mores and i'm like where oh. does this come from because i've seen this movie a hundred times and i don't remember them making s'mores in that movie yeah, <laughs> that never happened that must be some deleted scene so it's really weird Re- weirds me out every time because netflix wants me to watch that movie bad again yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just fun to watch something again that we loved as like kids and watch it with our adult eye now and still be like, I still love this. But now this is also ironically, sarcastically funny. Let's talk about that with our adult brains. Uh, <laughs> know our adult you know brains. what I mean? Yeah. Why uh, did this make sense? Like, yeah. Why did they do this? Shouldn't the turtles have uh, done something different? Definitely. Shouldn't people have known? And speaking of that, I think more recently, our book of Boba Fett review. Mm-hmm. especially when we got to that finale of the yeah. back half of book of Boba Fett, when that show really fell apart and turned into Mandalorian season three. And I had more fun talking to you about it and kind of like poking those adult brain holes and trying to do that. I just had a lot of fun trying to figure out what that show was. And I know we're not the only ones because there's tons of content out there going, what happened to the book of Boba Fett? So but that so one, you're, I think, you're saying we had more fun talking about it with each other than you had watching it. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Watching it, I'm sitting there like, why? What is yeah. the only thing that would have been better? Because is if we watched it together, because then we would have right. done that live and been like, oh my god, this like some mystery science theater yeah. shit or something. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best. I mean, that's really the best way to watch stuff if you can yeah. do that. But um, I just book a Boba Fett. Even listening to that episode back just had me laughing out loud like a couple times yeah. like just that was just a fun episode it was a fun show to riff on 
And uh, I was hoping it was better. Hopefully, Obi Wan's better, and we don't have to do that again to the Star Wars uh, fans yeah, out there. Yeah, because I, I want because I'm like you. You said it in that episode. I want to like Star Wars, so hopefully, you know, like you said, Obi Wan's much better. I think what I learned from Boba Fett is it's okay to put it this way. I like talking about things on this show that I feel positive about more than negative because I hate feeling like I'm shitting on something too much mm-hmm. but that one kind of showed me that like I can still not like something and talk about it in a constructive way and like talking it through with you like well why didn't we like it and then it makes me have a different perspective and like yeah I'm not crazy I didn't think that was shitty just because I'm a negative person yeah I think it was shitty because it was shitty <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? uh they made questionable so, decisions yeah so I'm with you on that one. That was a good, that was a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So now for anybody out there who might be thinking, I want to make a podcast. I want to talk with my buddy who might be playing call of duty, listening to us with their friends right now, or something along those lines. Um, and they were like, Hey, let's do this. What did you learn over the past year that you think would be good to pass down to people, Don, that, um, they may find handy in creating their own podcast. Definitely. Well, the first thing I'll tell you out there, you want to make a podcast. Don't think you can just do this with a pair of uh, factory AirPod uh, AirPod earbuds and be like, ah, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not suggesting anybody out there go back and listen to our first or second or third episode. But man, did I sound like garbage. Uh, and still at times do because of technical difficulties we run into. But that's gonna happen but man those first ones like you with your nice shiny microphone and then me just being like wow yes i think i sound like a total turd sound like uh, in the beginning yeah man uh so yeah i've learned along the way that take those couple dollars in your pocket if you want to do this and buy something for yourself to invest in your hobby it's it's definitely worth it uh i don't have you know i'm i'm looking to upgraded microphone again sometime eventually but this is a nice little starter one i've got but you got to have something uh don't think you can just do this with your uh earbuds um, what what kind of microphone do you end up grabbing what's your starter microphone uh this is just like one of those blue snowball blues that okay. i just plug right in um it does the job i mean it definitely could be better we'll get there we'll get there we'll but get it definitely there. works for now we're getting there yeah we yeah. do this podcast with each other from across the country. So at least if it can sound somewhat like we're sitting in the same room, I'm satisfied. Yeah, right. right. That's that's the <laughs> tricky part. Some of you, you know, get to see your friends all the time. So, you know, if you could do it in the same room, that's obviously <laughs> right. going to always be. It has its own technical things, but, you know. Definitely. One of the things that I learned. Yes, tell me, please. That I think is very important is to think about your formatting and think about what you want to do, how you, what type of show you want to be. And I think we learned that when we did our Hawkeye review, I felt like that Mm. was a turning point for us because for whatever reason, and I don't know, a lot of people downloaded that one and you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we got the wrong message out of it, but the Hawkeye review to me seemed very, we were going through like the back four episodes or three episodes. And I felt like we were just, and then this happened and then this happened and then Hawkeye came out of a window and he said this and it felt like we were almost like recapping <laughs> over reviewing and it was yeah. like a long ass episode where I was like man if you watched those episodes already you just watch them again listen to us talk because <laughs> <laughs> we just told you word for word 
what happened happened? in every scene like we almost had the script so i always i always thought that that was a turning point for us to figure out how we want to talk about stuff so don't you know still start with what you want to do you know and 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 just try it out and feel it because sometimes you'll do an episode like that and you go I didn't like that. Let's do something different. Or sometimes you'd be like, I really like that. Let's keep doing that. So you figure it out, but don't worry about if you don't know what you want to be. Definitely. You know, just start. And and yeah, definitely. You just got to go out there and see what works best for you. Because if you want to be a recap show, mm-hmm. go ahead and be a recap show. But we didn't want to be a recap show, but we did it anyway. <laughs> and I still remember recording that episode and I felt that we were doing that. And I know you did too, because we've talked about this in the time that's passed since. And we were like, we both knew we were doing it, but we <laughs> didn't know how to stop at this point. Because <laughs> yeah. we've already started. So it's like, uh, how do how do we transition out of this? Yeah, as soon as we stopped recording, it was like, all right, did we just recap like three episodes of this show? Yeah, that's exactly what we did. And yeah. it was like, okay. And we had like another hour conversation afterward going, how do we not do that again? Like, what are we supposed to be doing here? Well, see, if we were professionals, we yeah. would have just been like, well, we got to record it and do it, redo it. But we were like, nah, it's fine. We'll just it's not fine. do that again. Figure it out. Yeah, if we had a producer, <laughs> yeah. someone in a booth here who would be like, um, excuse me, guys you fell off take it from the top take it from the top and someday sellouts sellouts Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) so don wrapping up our year yeah man we got a lot of plans coming up for the future things that we want to do here leading into a year two of raise Mm -hmm. the geek i know one of the big ones that we're starting to lean towards because it seems like the way of the future here is uh doing video podcasts um so i know Mm -hmm. we're we're putting some things together here now to hopefully get this show brought to you not only in audio form pleasure to your ears but a pleasure for your eyes and get it video mode video cast so visual satisfaction visual satisfaction (laughs) (laughs) coming your way courtesy raise the geek oh god that's a ridiculous sentence um but I know Spotify is just starting, getting ready to launch video uh, podcasts. So I think we're planning on being one of the first ones out there with it. So look forward to that in the future. What else we got coming down? Yeah, man, we definitely want to try that. We're also going to, we've been, a lot of the, a lot of these episodes are just me and you, yep. which is great. We're the core, we're the hosts. We love it, but we want to kind of expand a little bit, try to collaborate with some other uh indie podcast as much as we can we we think that that could be a lot of fun and we're we're, we've talked a lot about like trying to see who we can get some interviews with you know like people we like in the comics industry or um movie industry or or even people just like us like we're an indie podcast we'd love to interview people who are into you know making their own comics like independent comics or independent music or independent movies Mm -hmm. uh you know just kind of support that whole diy Yeah, man. People, like people it. just trying to get out there and make a name for themselves. We want to talk about your movie or your book or whatever you're you're working on. We want to talk with you on here about that stuff. So we're definitely looking to expand into those categories as well. Really looking forward to it, man. It should be a hopefully another good year for us, another growth year, and just see where this train takes us. Absolutely, and I, I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to more people. I enjoyed the couple times we did have some people on here. Um, I know we talked with, uh, from Melanie from, uh, yeah, my wife, yeah. yeah, from what was the name of her group? Uh, cluster cuss entertainment, cluster cuss entertainment. Um, we talked to our friend, Peter, the psychic, definitely. That's a, 
like memorable episode when we talked about the conjuring three and he told us all kinds of crazy ass stories about being a psychic and living with ghosts so definitely go check that one out if you missed that one that was a can't miss can't miss this episode and that was learning a lot of information about him this psychic thing with is kind of a new thing Mm -hmm. over the past handful of years so it was nice to sit down and be able to talk with him about that and i look forward to doing more kind of episodes like that where we talk with people about anything you got something crazy yeah. you know something not crazy but you got stuff going on i want to hear about it it's awesome yeah, we want we want to talk about it yeah absolutely so lots of stuff coming to the future but don we are here in the present we are we here are. episode 48 we're going to talk about blade today the blade trilogy for some reason we have a reason <laughs> and we'll tell you when we get to it but first, make sure, so you are here for year two, that you like, subscribe, and follow this podcast on all podcast social media services. Hit us up with those reviews. Five stars. Every five stars helps the show. Leave a comment. Leave a review. We'll be happy to read it here on the show. Let us know where you're writing in from or reviewing from, and we'll be happy to give you the best of shout outs. If you have a show out there and you want us to shout out your show, let us know what it is so we can listen to it and share all of that as well. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at raise the geek and uh, shoot us an email at raise the geek at gmail.com. If you want to communicate long form, send us a message on AOL messenger. There you go. Just kidding. That's a thing that doesn't happen anymore. But yeah, we're on Twitter where all the cool kids play. So come talk to us on there. We'll, we'll, uh, we want to talk all this stuff with all you guys all the time. Well, not all the time. We got to sleep too, but you know, I some of sleep. the time. <laughs> Hours of one to five, I'm sleeping, but outside of that, you could probably catch me. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. It's done. Yes. MCU never stops. Never, man. It's a money machine. It's a money machine. I feel, I don't know how to even feel about it anymore, but we got a trailer for Miss <laughs> Marvel this week. We did. Miss Marvel trailer debut that they've been talking about forever. We watched it again before we came on here. And it, when, when does it debut? June, June 8th. Be, yes, June of this year. So it should be the next show after Moon Knight. Disney after Plus Obi-Wan. Kinda... It'd be like Moon Knight, well, Obi-Wan, yeah. Miss Marvel. Right. That's what I was going to say. So we're doing Moon Knight, probably right into Obi-Wan, which should be right into Moon Knight or uh, Miss Marvel. So, yeah. yeah. Money train, man. Money train. Now, Miss Marvel, I don't know how to feel about this one. I feel like this one's not for us. And that's, I'm cool with that. But I'm well, going in expecting it not to be for me. Here's kind of where i stand on it the trailer the trailer seems like it could be aimed at a different audience Mm -hmm. than maybe like more of a teen teen show you know what i mean like a uh, a teen like i don't know even how to describe it like iCarly, like possibly possibly that type of like boy meets world (laughs) like level of just like goofiness and here's the thing though I see that as just I'm wondering if that's just how the trailer is being promoted yeah. and if that's really what the show will end up being. I mean, I'm going to watch it either way because me and you have talked we're MCU completionists, so we're going to watch it anyway. You come too um, far. But I do like Miss Marvel as a character. Yeah. Uh I liked her a lot in the Avengers game. She's kind of like the protagonist of that 
video game. I liked the campaign of that game anyway. Yeah. Um, the comics I've read her in, I've never read one of her solo books, but I've read some books where she's been part of a team, like she was part of the team in all new, all different Avengers. And uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but she was on like a team with all the other young heroes like Viv Vision and Miles Morales, Spider-Man and Nova. Mm-hmm. Um so i mean i enjoy her as a character i like the character so i'm gonna watch the show just the trailer maybe the way it was edited and cut up a little bit i'm like ooh, i don't know we'll see we'll see i'm keeping an open mind is basically what i'm trying to say yeah 100 percent. i mean i'm i'm interested i was always interested in what this show was going to be because i felt like it could be something different so i can't really like knock it for being different um but yeah. I still, like I said, seeing the the dynamic makes me wonder if it's just going to be too, too young for me. But adolescent. That's too adolescent. adolescent. There you go. Um, which, once again, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Even Hawkeye, to a point, could be looked at as being too adolescent in many ways. So, if it didn't um, have Clint, yeah, it would maybe yeah, would it would it yeah. could have been. So it just really depends on where we go with it. But I'm I'm. I'm along for the ride as the back half of the trailer started really coming and you started seeing a little bit more of like kind of the action. It started to take a little bit more of a Marvel feel. I loved them still ending with that iconic image of her sitting on the street lamppost. Um, yeah. That's, that's from like a cover of, yeah. of one of her comic books, like pretty shot for shot of a yeah. cover of one of her books, which is really cool. And in her costume, which you'd never get a full shot of. I They want to save that to be yeah. seen like when she's got her final outfit. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that'd be really cool. And then, uh, but I know there's been a lot of talk because obviously this was the first time really seeing her use her powers and her powers seem to be a little different than they are in the comic books. <laughs> they do. And MCU has been known to make adjustments and changes from comics uh, to characters and, and all that, but also like power sets. This isn't the first time. So that's not something that I'm going to go crazy about. I'm not somebody who's like, super close minded like it's not exactly like the way i read it in my comic books um but it is interesting that it's that it seems changed because you know classically she has powers very similar to uh mr fantastic of the fantastic four mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but she's like an inhuman so the mcu has kind of i don't want to say turn their backs on the inhuman world but that show was such a I don't want to say fail, but it's like a fail. And they, they've basically like acted like the inhumans aren't a thing right now. So I don't know if they're ready to be like, Hey, inhumans again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, it seems to me like I can't speak with authority on it because I don't know, but that they're just like trying to make a little pivot there and, and kind of give her a different way of obtaining her powers, whether that be in the trailer, it looks like some kind of, uh wrist arm ba- armulet or something um, armulet armulet whatever you want to call it i don't know i guess we'll see but uh maybe they're like chang chi shang shang chi rings ten ring ten ring yeah. wrist thing maybe there's something yeah. like that give her some power yeah it looks a little bit more green lantern-esque where she's making shapes and making tools and shields and stuff as opposed to just stretchiness sure. which gives her a lot more versatility especially being by herself stretchy stretchiness works when you're with a team but stretchiness sometimes solo can get a little messy yeah just go back and watch some of those fantastic four movies and you'll know what we're talking about but uh but he had he had other people so you know right right team so it was there but miss marvel june 8th 
is that what I said? Yes. June 8th, Wednesday, Disney Plus. We'll, we will be here to uh, check it out and at least talk about the uh, debut and we'll see where we go from there. Most definitely. It's more Marvel content. We love it. We love it. We would never show if it wasn't for the MCU. <laughs> Pretty much. Or, or we'd have to try a lot harder coming up with stuff to talk about. <laughs> like, I don't know. What do you want to talk about this week? Like, I don't know. Jurassic Park. <laughs> We're going to watch the first three Jurassic Park movies. And that's pretty much what happened last week is Don and I sat here and we said, what the hell are we going to talk about next week? We got another week before moon night. We got to figure out what to fill time with. And somehow, somehow we ended up saying, let's watch Blade from 1998. So that's what we did. And watching Blade 1 turned into watching Blade 2. And then somehow by Friday, we were like, you're going to watch Blade 3? Yes. I'm gonna okay I'll watch it too okay. and we watched the Blade trilogy so that is what we are about to talk about but before we get to it we want to make sure you know that this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm all right so Marvel the MCU seems to be primed getting ready for the supernatural corner is that what it's called supernatural corner of the MCU launching here with Moon Knight next week we're super pumped from moon night coming out uh march 30th we got one more week to go and before we can talk about it here on the show super pumped to see what they do with this darker edgier content and see how much it matches the uh netflix mcu shows they just dropped that freaked everybody out having r-rated content on disney plus and i know they're getting yelled at by parents groups right now so we'll see how far moon Knight kind of yeah 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 um, so why you just don't have kids and you don't have to worry about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> then you could watch whatever you want. True. And you don't have to worry about what they're watching. But I digress. But Moon Knight kicks off Supernatural Corner of the MCU, which of course is going to encompass Black Knight. And as we know, mm-hmm. at the end of the Eternals, Blade was right there because we've already gotten our debut of Mahershala Ali as Blade in his voice saying the words that he said, because I can't remember what he said. I think he said Are something to the... No, it's something like, are you sure you're ready to do that, Mr. Whitman, or something like that, yeah. uh, which was later revealed to be Mahershala Ali's voice. So that was technically the new Blade's first appearance. So, yes, totally. Uh, Black Knight's in there, Moon Knight, which we're about to get, um, the Werewolf by Night special, which is coming now, over Halloween. Should you know what be that is? Because you just mentioned that the other day, and I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I mean there was comic there's werewolf comics in MC uh, in Marvel uh which have been some like werewolf by night kind of things and I guess they're just doing like a uh a special on Halloween like a one shot kind of a deal. I saw which is a cool little fun fact that it's going to be directed by um Michael Giancino who's the guy who just did the music for the Batman. Mm. He's like directing that special which is just kind of a weird fun fact yeah yeah um but um there's been rumors going around you know we don't really read too much into rumors because there's so many of them but like blade could appear in that so um yeah man their mcu's making their little supernatural corner uh which is cool because they have all the other things covered you know you got your avengers corner and your street level which is all the stuff we've been watching recently and uh, you got your cosmic corner with the Guardians of the Galaxy and the multiverse corner, which we're getting into with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. So it's nice to have a little different, darker, more adult corner like we're getting into with uh, Moon Knight. So, yeah, that's kind of why we wanted to talk about Blade. And just because it had been a minute since we 
when since we've seen those movies i mean i'll speak for myself yeah when was last time you watched those um that's exactly i think i've seen blade one like maybe one or two times and honestly probably before this i'd only seen blade two and three like once like those weren't movies i really ever rewatched. um so a lot of this was like me watching a brand new movie to for the most part like i didn't know it was what was going to happen next in any of these movies nope. it has been that long so it's been kind of a fun exercise in that way um uh, and we just kind of wanted to talk about Blade, it being our one year anniversary show. And Blade, I guess you can kind of say, is one of the godfathers of superhero MCU style movies in a way. He kind of started the whole thing. Because uh, that was around the time, same time X Men and Spider Man came out. Like we were getting into superhero movies, and it was like the renaissance of superhero movies after Batman and Robin killed it for so long uh and and the failure of spawn like people were down on superhero movies but then we got in this little era of oh they're starting to come back we're gonna make yep. movies about comics again so blade was like right there in the mix with those so um you know the modern day mcu dceu have a lot to thank blade for i would say uh because he kind of brought superhero movies back into the focus and i don't know if you agree with that but... yeah, oh yeah absolutely it was it was a big deal and it was also different and i think it what stood out from coming off of especially batman and robin you know coming right before this was that this was rated r so like you sure. had vampires and you had rated r and you had wesley snipes who was the shit in the 90s you know and uh throwing him in this as a, a vampire hunter and just doing his thing and state-of-the-art special effects which we'll get into here <laughs> as we get going but um yeah just going through just blade and what he brought to the table at that time he was cool it was all i mean it's pure 90s of where we were at the end of that decade end of the century there going into the year 2000 and then yeah it definitely led into x-men at 2000 and spider-man in 2002 and then that was when blade 2 was coming out um shortly after that i think blade 2 was in 2002 um so it was right there with everybody so it, yeah definitely mm -hmm. i i agree with that especially from a marvel standpoint it was it was really marvel's first successful yeah. hero on film and what's funny is w watching blade one like you watch the beginning and you watch the whole movie and you get to the end and there really wasn't too much like marvel talk with it like in the beginning it wasn't like marvel presents yeah just like there was just like maybe one little credit in there was like based on Marvel characters created by, and that was it. Yeah. There was no Marvel title card yet. There was no like Stan Lee produce executive producer credit. There was, I mean, you I could almost still, I think he's still, I think I still saw him and AV Arod in there. I think, yeah, I think you're right, but I don't think you saw that till the end. Oh like, yeah. Usually it was at they, the end. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Usually they acknowledge that in the beginning of these movies. Now nobody knew who um, Stanley was in the popular. Culture. Exactly. So it was like Mar the MCU did not exist at this yeah. point. You could go watch blade and not even know that was based on a Marvel character. You could just 100%. be like, I'm going to see a vampire movie. You know what I mean? Uh, with, with Wesley Snipes, one of the biggest action stars of the nineties. So, and it, and it really kickstarted the vampire craze yes of the early 2000s because coming right around the same time in 2002 we had the underworld movies which are very right. similar in theme and like oh these, these movies totally these movies yeah. totally inspired those movies um and then you know right after that you had twilights and i mean the vampire craze of the early 2000s were 
True Blood came along. True Blood came around. I mean, everything was a vampire at that at this time, and Blade was really the first one tapping the market. Yeah, just don't tell that to all the little weird kids we went to school with who were reading those Anne Rice books (laughs) and like their book bags. Uh, Uh, You're uh, like twelve. Why are you reading (laughs) Anne Rice? Interview with a vampire. Uh, crazy (laughs) (laughs) they were i do remember like you'd have the random kids that would have those books and i'm like i'm sitting there reading the boxcar children you're fucking reading (laughs) like i'm scared of you yeah don't hurt me yeah yeah but i agree with you it it, (laughs) it probably did kickstart the vampire uh love for for the 90s and early 2000s definitely so blade has a lot to be responsible for in that way yeah, so the first Blade came out in 1998. It was directed by Stephen, Stephen Norrington and written by David Goyer, who really has his name on almost every big, every well-liked or loved superhero movie. Because, I mean, he's, isn't he attached to The Dark Knight? Yeah, he's got his hand in all, a lot of that. All the Nolan movies, he's credited with either writer or story. Uh, he's credited with writer for Man of Steel um some justice league so he, he you'll see his name pop up on a lot with writing mm-hmm. uh we'll, we'll get to it when we talk about the third movie which he did direct but like he's not known for being a director he's like a, a writer primarily but uh yeah he did write all three of these movies um which is which is just weird to see his name with that so yeah a, a well-known guy there yeah definitely well known he wrote this one and man the opening scene of this movie is still one of the best opening scenes. I still love this opening scene. And you know what? As you said, you like haven't watched this movie maybe three times or whatnot. I've watched this movie to the end. I've probably watched like, yeah, twice. Mm-hmm. I've watched the opening and the beginning like 20 minutes. I've watched that probably like a dozen times, if not more. Like just I'll put it on and I'll end up watching that scene and then I end up falling off of the movie. But I'll still watch that like that opening, the bloodbath nightclub scene with Blade showing up. I mean, that whole the whole opening of this movie is still phenomenal. Like it's, I just love it, man. Yeah. And you got that uh, rave 90s music and 90s <laughs> rave vibe. We're in like an industrial club that shut down like in some desolate shut down warehouse. Yep. totally 90s you're following uh, the human around realizing everyone around him's a vampire and yeah soaking everyone in blood it's like creepy as hell it is like, cool. this dude is screwed like you just feel so yeah. bad for this dude he's about to get ripped apart and then blade who's somehow standing underneath blood without getting any on him is awesome <laughs> he's like in a big puddle but i'm like nothing's falling on you man he's got that uh bloodproof trench coat or whatever <laughs> know, right? uh, boots are dry I totally, watching this i'd forgotten how um i mean i knew it was rated r but i forgot how actually like brutal some of it was and just like grotesqueness of it that made it r like the blood alone in that scene in that scene is like enough to garner your r rating right there uh which was crazy yeah i'm i'm a fan of the opening scene too i was a little surprised at just how quick blade showed up yeah. uh i'd forgotten just like all of a sudden in the first five movies it's just like oh we're already into it there he is he's all ready to go you know what i mean you learn what he's uh, about quick yeah, but that scene that scene's really cool and like a lot of action, a lot of action just right off the bat. It hooks you really quick. So I'm a, I'm with you. I was a fan of it. And then, you know, then cheesy with the uh I still always just crack up when he uh when he te- stakes that one dude to the wall. Mm-hmm. And then he just does that fist bump like, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
when I was searching for blade memes earlier, when I was yeah. trying to make a blade post, that was one that kept popping up. I was like iconic with yeah. just the fist bump. Just that fist. Uh, and it just, it's, it just, he would have moments throughout. I mean, the whole series, but he would just have moments where, cause I mean, blade always played everything straight faced, you know? And he was just like, what are you talking about? And almost yeah. monotone to a point, but then he'd have these moments where he'd pop this smile or do this fist bump. And it just cracked me up. Yeah, man, totally. So we're talking about this movie just overall impression what did you think of of blade one as a movie i mean it's kind of like the like we just said the godfather of superhero movies so you got to have some thoughts on it what 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 do you think of this movie i i really enjoyed this movie i've I've kind of always enjoyed this movie it was fun to watch it fully and see a little bit more i thought um like steven dorf for as much as him bashing superhero movies now like i really Mm -hmm. thought he did a good job of being just that i mean it's a very stereotypical vampire character you know the young vampire that doesn't want to you know he's hip and cool and i'm gonna be cool and i'm gonna do this and um but i thought you know he was menacing when he needed to be on screen i mean i'm sorry he just like picked up a little girl by her face and threw her into a through a churro stand like (laughs) I was cracking up at that scene, dude. He just threw he her. heated that girl across the And Blade was okay highway. with it. It took him a minute before he went to go get her. Oh, man. That was, that she was so She stood up funny. in the middle of the street. Her hair was all in disarray as a bus was barreling down on her. I'm like, that little girl is tough. Well, when we were watching that scene, uh, me and my wife were laughing at that. But I'm just sitting there like, what did that little girl run home and tell her mom? Like, I just got thrown across the street by a vampire. <laughs> Like, how do you tell people about what just happened to you today uh that poor girl it was cracking me up too when uh when when blade was beating the hell out of that familiar cop in the middle of the Mm. street and nobody cared like he was just banging this dude's head on the like the head of on the trunk of his police car and nobody cared yeah it was broad daylight broad daylight he's just beating the shit out of this cop in the middle of the street and everyone's just minding their business he's pulling out a gun on him nobody cares no panic I was like, like no man. one cares about this no one cares about this giant man with a sword on his back and giant machine guns beating the shit out of a policeman <laughs> in broad daylight uh it's cracking me up too yeah man but i'm, I'm like with said, you this, solid this movie, movie was man. yeah this movie was fun uh definitely funner than i remember it i think wesley snipes and steven dorf and even chris christopherson all and they were the main characters in this mm-hmm. movie the three mains they all embraced their roles enough like to make me enjoy it from start to finish um i mean the story and the characters are a little like a little shallow to me like there's nothing you have to think too hard about this movie like it's not it's not one that you're gonna sit and it's gonna stick with you but it's just like a straightforward action vampire you know martial arts mixed in because wesley snipes is known as a guy who really who likes martial arts so Mm -hmm. you know he got all that in there and he's proficient at it and good at it for a 90s action star so if that's all you're really looking for in a movie like you got everything i mean you wanted in this yeah he 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 came into this as pretty much one of the top five action stars of the 90s i mean pretty much you had you had schwarzenegger stallone seagal snipes yeah and yeah. I mean, I'm trying to even think of a fifth one off the top of my head, but Bruce Willis, yeah, Willis and, you know, uh, Kurt Russell and some of those. I, there was another like martial artsy one that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but Jackie Chan, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, but Wesley Snipes was like right there yeah. and 
he brought all of that to this role, which was fun. And I think I didn't read a lot of Blade comics, so I don't know how comic accurate this is, but you can tell that they took it serious. Um, mm-hmm. Took it serious of what they wanted to do. And they, and they, for the most part, kept that throughout the trilogy, which was good to see. They at least tried to keep the character yeah, yeah. solid all the way through. Like you said, Wesley Snipes took the role seriously, which is he funny because I, I read some things after the fact of watching this movie and there's like a lot of fun facts about this movie but like he originally didn't want to play blade because he felt like it was um more of a vampire black exploitation kind of a thing like mm-hmm. blackula or something and he didn't want to do it and like originally marvel he wanted to do a black panther project mm-hmm. for marvel he wanted to play back black panther but they just couldn't make that happen which is just funny to think about like could you imagine if they would have made a black panther movie in 1998 with wesley snipes what would that have looked like it would look like this but no vampires yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much i'm glad they didn't go that route because i'm glad with the black panther movie we eventually did get yeah, but uh yeah. That's just funny to me. Another fun fact, like I know we're kind of skipping around here, but at the end of this movie, there is a deleted scene. You can find it online. It exists because I watched it for part two of this movie. After this blade, they wanted to make, they already had an idea to make blade two. They're like, well, what should we do? What should we, what should be the next blade? The original plan was to use Morbius, which is a Spider-Man villain, which we all know, Morbius now. <laughs> We're talking about Morbius again in another podcast. Come on, we, man. We swore we'd never talk Morbius. Yeah. But no, they were going to use Morbius. Give us, give us a week and we'll be like, all right, next week our review of Morbius. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to do it, but we have to. Uh, man, I don't know. But Morbius was going to be the villain for Blade 2. Um, hmm. They realized they couldn't do it because that was during the time when Sony had purchased the rights to Spider-Man and Morbius being a Spider-Man villain, they found out they couldn't use him. There is a deleted scene, all you out there. If you go look online, there's a deleted scene from the end of this movie with a vampire standing on the top of a building and blade and the Dr. Frost are looking at him. And it's supposed to be Morbius in the distance, like a a long haired vampire wearing a trench coat. I just thought that was really funny. Uh, so we could have had Morbius versus Blade and Blade 2 didn't happen, but what could have been? What could have been? That would have been interesting. Um, yeah. So do you think, of course, this came 1998. We were in the renaissance of the early days of CGI. We were. And it was when everybody very was coming, early days. Very early days. It was coming post, you know, Jurassic Park and some of these movies that were starting to use computers. And everyone got super excited. We were a year before we got Phantom Menace that completely went balls to the wall with it. But um, we had these effects in there. So now how did those, how do you feel when you go back and watch these old movies and see some of these almost like video game like sequences playing out? Does it take you out of it? Or are you just like, you can you just look past it because you remember? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird position to be in because you know what you're watching and you know what the technological capabilities were at the time. Yeah. And then you look and see where we are now and what they're able to do, even in like, you know, video games nowadays have surpassed the level of what movies could do back then. Uh, So you got to kind of take yourself out of that. But if you, but 
it's hard not to when you're watching something and it just looks so dated mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what the fx in this movie do represent like i know there's certain scenes in here where like Blood. uh later in the movie when when steven dorf's deacon frost gets his hand cut off and like it regrows yeah and all of a sudden it's just like the thing looks so like <laughs> early 19 you know apple original apple mac i don't know i just get like visions yeah. of that old it's just like oh my god that's so funny and like the way he's jumping around it just looks totally video gamey but you know you you see that same stuff in the first spider-man movie the yeah. way his spider-man moves around you can just tell it's totally computer oh, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't as easy to blend as it is now so it's definitely noticeable i try not to like read too much into that because yeah. that's any movie from the 90s you know what oh, i mean yeah. and i mean i can i can look past a lot of it it leads to when um you know you get to the end of this movie when you had the little demon skeleton things flying out of vampires mouths that just looked hilarious and because of the special yeah. effects it just looked hilarious um but it i i found joy in it so you know that's what matters Right, it hits you in those nostalgia feels. That's all you can ask. Nostalgia, for. and then it just cracked me up, and I had a good time with Blade from 1998. And it took four years before we got Blade Two, even though they were ready with Morbius. It took four years, right. and the most surprising thing with Blade Two was that it was directed by Guillermo del Toro. It was, um, which is crazy. But if yeah, you think to about look it back now. and think about it, like this dude did Blade Two, right? He won a Best Picture yeah. for Shape of Water. <laughs> seriously and i didn't even know that this was directed by guillermo del toro till you mentioned it when we were talking like having a little production talk about this episode before and i was like really it was and you mentioned that like it was kind of a prerequisite for him to do a movie like this before they would let him make hellboy yeah uh which is you know one of his (laughs) franchises he's known for he's you know he's done hellboy and pan's labyrinth and pacific rim and all these huge movies like that so seeing him his name as the director of blade two was just like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. And you could tell that yes, you can tell there was a very big increase in quality coming into blade mm-hmm. two versus the first one where just the action, everything was handled differently. I mean, yeah, we're four years later. So special effects, but I mean, you could, you could still tell where computers were used, but it blended a lot better. And just but from a storytelling and action, I mean, just the way that this movie was put together and just the overall story and what they did, this was a solid ass movie, man. This is easily the best of this trilogy. Oh, hands down. And like in just general, this is a good movie. Yeah. It's like superhero movie or not. It's just a good movie. I, I was very impressed with this movie. I'd probably only seen it one other time, like Me I too. said. Um, Back in 2002. Exactly. But everything I liked about the first blade movie this movie just built on that and improved on it and if that's just you know uh, a shout out to guillermo del toro or not or like that it had been a few years and things had advanced uh, but just like you said the action the special effects even the the characters like the character the character building which i thought was a little lacking in the first one we got more of in this movie like the story was better you know what i mean it was just more of a engrossing story the set design was 10 times better the character designs in this movie were 10 times better the way they made the vampires look and you had the reapers in this movie which 
were scarier and looked like they belong in a Guillermo del Toro movie, just like had his signature all over it. Just everything about like rarely do you get a sequel that you can say has improved upon the original this much. Yeah. But in this in this case, in almost every facet of this movie was an improvement on the first movie. Yeah, hundred percent. Because as you're talking about characters, we had the first one, we had Dr. Jensen in the first one, who I barely know what her role was outside of they just needed someone to come up with a cure for vamp vampirism. Which she right. just did in like 30 minutes. She's like, here real quick, let me let me whip up a cure for vampires. And she was just real quick to become a vampire hunter all of a sudden when she's just been a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like didn't ask any questions, just all of a sudden she's just shining ultraviolet light on vampires. Like, I hate them too. Like, yeah. what? We don't even know anything about you. Yeah. Uh, and then she disappeared without a trace. Yeah. So <laughs> right. she didn't even get a name drop in the second one. So I don't no. know what that was about. They pretended she didn't exist. And they, uh, you know, and they, they like, they killed Whistler in the first one, like pretty convincingly. And then this one, they're like, oh, he's back. Yeah. He just was there. So, I mean, they went out of their way to bring Whistler back, but they couldn't even give Dr. Jensen a name drop. Yeah. I think the main reason for bringing Whistler back is probably Guillermo del Toro got a hold of this and sat down with David Goyer and was like, listen, we need Whistler back. He was an interesting character. You can't just be rid of him that quick. Chris Christopherson did a great job. Um, in this whole trilogy pretty much so yeah i was okay with them bringing him back but oh yeah, yeah man just everything about this movie was better we got the introduce introduction of the blood pack uh the the group that worked with blade in this movie that he teamed up with and i loved them dude they were awesome you had uh Fucking young Pearl. donnie yen young donnie yen which man i'm mad that he like didn't get more to do but i did read that he choreographed the fights of this movie so oh, like, did he he did so that's that was he Makes that was sense. more of his contribution to this movie than like his acting role was that which i can appreciate um but we got ron perlman pre hellboy and and just so many other cool characters so many recognizable there. faces of character actors and stuff and yeah it was really cool man really what cool. was up with uh, ron perlman's hair is that a style to, he had he had like the fu manchu that then oh, went up the into beard. sideburns but then he was bald but he had like the ring that was all connected so his hair was like connected from behind his head over his ears down his face up as a mustache to connect i don't know man he had Listen, this little hair this is... strip across his back so he almost had like the hulk hogan but yeah it wasn't it was just like this little just like half inch strip it just looked funny Listen, this is 2002. I'm not going to try to understand the styles of the time. Vampire stylings. Of yeah, the, the golf stylings of 2002. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Guess, I guess that's there. And then we even had, what's it? Yeah, man, I blanked on his name. Scud. What's his name? Oh, Norman Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus in that looking straight like he did out of uh, that video game, Death Stranding, which then made sense why he was in that because Guillermo del Toro had his fingers all in that game. And I'm just like, oh, this is where he met Guillermo del Toro was making blade too it all ties together in always the always ties together yeah man so great supporting cast in this movie yeah uh like i like i talked about before the reapers like the vampire variant kind of characters in this movie were really cool um i liked that they were a little stronger and it was vampires fighting and against reapers and blade is very involved and the cgi you mentioned in this movie was greatly improved uh, like the scene early on in this movie where the two vampire ninjas are kind of swinging in I love that to scene. his lair all silently dude that was so good and i yeah. was like this could this could have been in a movie that comes out today and i would think that was great so for it being 
2002 i was like man this is fantastic work yeah i, I think that's the delta del del toro effect i wrote del rio effect what the hell's wrong with me del toro <laughs> effect man um yeah i just think he just like said he has that subtleness i think he did enough with practical effects that balanced it in there for the most part um that whole fight scene with the little silent ninjas and with all front of all the lights and stuff and there's just that giant just martial arts sequence was just awesome I loved that scene so much. Just I had a lot of fun rewatching Blade 2, man. Yeah, the story is better. You know, just that mm -hmm. idea of vampires evolving past the point and hunting vampires and the Reaper, like, just was awesome, man. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it was awesome. And this was, like you said, this was just, it feels like a, 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 a I was going to say Benicio del Toro. What? <laughs> uh, Guillermo, this is a, this is totally a Guillermo del Toro movie and you can tell by watching it. And I liked this movie enough where I, this would be one where I'd be like, you know, people like name some good Marvel movies. I could throw blade two in that list. Like this is pre MCU, but if someone's like, Oh, what are some good pre MCU movies? You know, go watch Spider-Man, go watch Spider-Man two, go watch X-Men two. Go watch Blade 2. You know, you throw that in the list. Um, it really should be in the list. It yeah. really should be in the list if you're talking pre-MCU and it's better than some MCU movies. Um, yeah, it definitely is. I, I I could see myself watching this movie again and being okay with it. Yeah, That's it's definitely not going to take me another 20 years to watch this movie again. For sure. We are in 100%. agreement. Now, movie I'm never going to watch again. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Is Blade Trinity. <laughs> I'm never. I, I'm pretty sure I watched it once in theaters because I remember the hype around this movie was insane. Do you was. remember the hype for this movie when it came out and everyone was freaking out about Ryan Reynolds' body and like yeah. his yeah. transformation and then just the I don't know. There the hype for was real for this movie. And like Jessica Beale, she was on Seventh Heaven. And now watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, man. The hype for this movie was real, and I remember seeing it in theaters, and I remember going oof <laughs> i don't know about this one and it took me you know another 19 years or 18 years mm -hmm. to watch it again and nothing changed man this movie chris yeah let me tell you i suffered through this for this show and for this show only never in a million years if we weren't going to talk about this show, what I have left this movie on for more than for more than 30 minutes, I had to turn this shit off immediately. Oh, man, I, I, I said I don't like being negative, but there's no way to not be negative about this. It's yeah. a terrible movie. Well, Blade and, Trinity. We haven't and, even told them what we're talking about yet. Blade, yeah, Blade Trinity. Trinity, 2004, yeah. written and directed by David Goyer, which was the most surprising part because I was like, who wrote this? Like, it felt like a completely different production, like than the sure first did. two it felt completely different so the idea that it was written by the same guy is just yeah. baffling to me yeah, it's mind-boggling yeah um but it, we even debated about if we were even going to watch this because our original plan was hey let's talk about blade one and two and we were already being like nah we're not watching trinity but then it was like well I'm, it's right here it's on hbo <laughs> let's just finish it we got to finish we it just finish it and yeah i watched the first 30 minutes and then i had to go to work and the first 30 minutes of this movie are decent. They're interesting. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm getting involved for the most part. The first 30 minutes aren't dog shit. <laughs> That's what we'll say. And that was what I was telling you. I'm like, first 30 minutes weren't bad. And then 
Don watched the whole movie and sent me a bunch of angry memes and gifts. <laughs> then I was like, oh man, I pissed Don off. And then uh, <sighs> then I turned no, it back no. on to watch the back half. And like within seconds after get, turning it on, the Night Stalker showed up and this movie took a turn real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Sure did. Chris, this movie's really, really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. Like even just a superhero standards, not even just that, just like a bad movie. Um, nothing very, about, nothing made sense no it's it's disjointed um, the story doesn't make sense Blade is barely in it and this is a Blade movie um, the action is really bad like the, the way it's edited and chopped up just doesn't make sense especially watching the second one to this one it's just like what happened the the everything just moves really slow when they're fighting things like it doesn't make any sense watching it oh yeah they were um, jumping through windows chasing each other and both going through glass like they had that yeah. big chase scene with blade chasing dracula and yes. like dracula jumped through one window into another and then blade followed him and also jumped through glass and i'm like how did they both jump through glass i mean the first person right, did that, did that glass did that glass magically reappear for him uh, <laughs> yeah. so the editing editing is terrible it takes you totally out of it there's no fluid motion to any of the action scenes it's like all chopped up like you're just watching clips you yeah. know what i mean um like i said blades barely in it because they just felt like they wanted to focus on ryan reynolds this is more of a Ryan Reynolds movie, and I got no problem with Ryan Reynolds as a actor. I think he's good. I like the Deadpool movies. I like some of the stuff he's in, but in this, it might just be the script, but he was bad. Like no, the, this... the, the 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 humor wasn't hitting for me. It's like sophomoric, amateurish humor humor that's just not funny. And they really were pushing for him to just be like funny, yuck yuck, make a joke every minute. Um, and he's probably in this movie more than Blade is, and this is a Blade movie. No, you know, this was this was 2004. Ryan Reynolds. This is Van Wilder. Ryan yeah. Reynolds. This is what he did. I did not like Ryan Reynolds in these movies, and anything that he made in the first half of his career, I did not enjoy because it was this. It was I'm just going to say weird things, and I'm just going to be sarcastic, and I'm going to call people dick nose, and I'm going to you know just I'm going to say <laughs> things and be sarcastic and goofy, and everyone's going to ha ha ha. And I just I never found his humor funny so that's up until that's deadpool all right yeah. yeah and the deadpool it fit because that is deadpool so like when right. he was doing that it still was different than this like his stick yeah. still changed over the years and he got a lot more tolerable and that's i this just wasn't i wasn't into this back then and it doesn't work for me now it just but this was a ryan reynolds movie and it was a ryan reynolds 2004 movie and this is exactly what he did in all of his movies back when he was first starting back. it was yeah, the van I, wilder thing that was a sleeper hit that everybody thought was hilarious and he did that character in a bunch of movies for including this one right including this one for a handful of years this one just changed his trajectory because he this was action yeah this he got got ripped for this movie and changed his appearance to a point where now people saw him as an action star so then he changed and this was a turning point for his career and i think was a better turning point i think he did better things after he's still not my favorite but um this was yeah. this was like the bottom of the barrel ryan reynolds to me and then somehow they had him beating triple h in a street fight somehow yeah. uh which is crazy I sorry don't triple, even, triple h was 
ridiculous. That was the epitome of what a wrestler <laughs> in a movie. Like we're talking, we're having these talks about like John Cena and Batista yeah. and how like these turning points for their careers. Triple H was what in Blade Trinity was what wrestlers used to be in movies. Yeah, just that's like a what one, they did. Just like a one-line machine who all of a sudden he's gonna throw a suplex in there when oh, he yeah. like body slammed Ryan Reynolds. Power like, oh, remember, guys, he's a wrestler. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm surprised they resisted from having him just do like a pedigree in the middle of the room. <laughs> right. Because you always have to it. get there. You he's know? doing his special move. You know, I mean, in like The Rock's early movies, when he was still The Rock, he was doing rock bottoms in like every one. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, but just like this, this movie's a mess. Um, yeah, I could have went my whole life without hearing Triple H yell ass raping. <laughs> oh, I could have yeah. went my whole life without him doing that. I was like, this is embarrassing. That that was totally embarrassing. That was very cringeworthy. Oh, 100%. a lot. A lot of this movie was super cringe. Um, and I, 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 after watching this, I, I like, of course, went to the internet machine, Google machine, and had to look up what people were saying about this movie. And everyone, I mean, it's generally panned and hated, but just like some of the funny stuff that come up came up, like Pat Oswalt was in this movie. This movie Everybody actually was in this movie. This movie did have a large, well-known cast, and nobody, you know, was done any justice. Like Natasha Leone was in this, and uh a couple other you know well-known people yeah but like he was on some talk show talking about this movie um and it just kind of reflects on how bad it was he was like this movie was a train wreck and this is him speaking as an actor he was like wesley's he basically was saying wesley snipes is an asshole <laughs> kind of <laughs> and he was like he wouldn't come out of his trailer uh he didn't he didn't speak to anybody he didn't speak to us as actors he didn't know anybody's names he wouldn't speak the, to the director directly the david goyer like the only way he would speak to him was through post-it notes that he would write and have handed to him and he signed his name blade on all the notes like not even wesley's knives but like blade and there's like rumors out there that he tried to choke david goyer i was like man this movie was just whatever and and david goyer even said something like yeah this is bad it's a bad movie it was like cursed from the start just like a tortured process for me and everybody and that totally shows through the whole movie 100%. it was just 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 really bad man yeah why did we watch an entire action scene there were way too many action scenes where they were fighting and murdering humans and like we watched mm -hmm. an entire scene with like whistler and blade were just shotgunning police yeah just like just hardcore just destroying i'm just like this is what am i supposed to be feeling right now like right you're murdering all these humans and the like it's it just was really confusing when what they were doing and you basically had brought nothing new to the table except you just threw dracula in there and that's what you were trying to sell it on like he's facing his biggest threat yet ever dracula but it's all the same story as part one and part two vampires just want to take over the world yeah you know this didn't bring anything new or anything vibrant to the table and and just such a big drop off from part two 100%. which is like which is like the biggest disappointment of it all just a train wreck man that's all 100%. i can say about it well you know and you had and you know it's a train wreck when you have like this plot of hey we're gonna resurrect dracula and our whole plot is that we need dracula's blood to superpower vampires and make it so we can walk during the day so then dracula joined parker posey and triple h and was with them but they never did anything with his blood they never did anything to i mean they never pushed their plot forward outside of literally saying this is why we need dracula but then when he's there with them dracula is just like i want to kill blade <laughs> right and you didn't, like, well, didn't make any sense you didn't they want my blood 
you're not gonna give it to him like right let's move that story along instead of just all of a sudden it's like we gotta kill blade yeah oh there okay was, that's there was why no more story was, right there was no more story. they had a sentence where they said this is why we need dracula and outside of that then dracula just kind of was there and just they the had big no bad for they blade to no fight more, right. yeah there was no more angle it was just hey we're gonna kidnap ryan reynolds we'll give him some more jokes and then we'll do a big rescue scene in the movie and yeah. you're just like what yeah totally man if there movie. is if there is one good point for this movie which i try to always find the positive in something which is very hard to find something positive about this movie um but if i can find one thing it's just because of my own personal preferences i have a question for you do you ever have you ever in your life had a celebrity who you've just had a weird doesn't make sense you can't explain it crush on uh that like doesn't seem like it should be something that's true i don't know this is a long way of me saying for some reason i've always loved parker posey and like whenever she, she pops up and things i'm like oh i don't know why i like her so much she's so cool i'm i'm infatuated with parker posey so when she popped up in this movie I was like i don't know why i don't know why she's just that she's just that for me for some reason yeah uh the one that you can't explain why you like her yeah. um so if anything well posey posey posey. for me i got nothing wrong yeah. with parker posey <laughs> yeah i don't um, understand it she 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 owned the character that she was doing and uh she was a highlight what, of this movie yeah. i can yeah, she I worked can with what little she had for sure my other highlight was that little girl who uh-huh. looked dracula in the eyes and said my friends are coming to kill you <laughs> <laughs> and i died laughing brave little girl brave Brave little girl girl. i'm going to heaven and my friends are coming to kill you (laughs) i was like what f you dracula i was like what am i watching right now but yeah nothing made sense in this movie even the even the good guys the night Night stalkers plan to create some kind of virus and they're like we need blades blood or no they needed dracula's blood too but they were still able to create it like some dude just randomly showed up and said here's what i could make it'll work and you're just like what you guys wanted Dracula's blood too to make your virus and you didn't get it either, but somehow everything was okay. So yes, this movie, it was a very big dive and this one I'll never watch again. Blade two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Halloween. I watched blade two. I'm down. feel like watching some vampires. Blade two fits right in there. Fits in with the best of the Marvel blade. Trinity is at the bottom. It definitely is, man. It killed this franchise. Like it was dead after this. Clearly. It seemed like they could have made a they seemed like they wanted to make a four, like Blade's still around doing stuff. But after that movie, you can't make a four. Which is why I'm definitely glad that they're we're rebooting this character now in the MCU with all those big brains over there who know what they're doing, uh, for the most part. And Mahershal Ali is a actor I really like. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the future of Blade in the MCU, you know, but uh this movie definitely killed blade for a while so do you think now obviously all three of these movies are rated r for different reasons because the first one was violence but they didn't really swear a lot there really wasn't like sex or anything to give it the r rating it was just kind of vampire violence and the second one did a little bit more language and stuff is a little bit more hardcore and a lot more bloodier and a little bit more of a horror movie so it made sense third one was just all language as to why it was rated r so do you think new one, I mean, they'll be able to get PG-13? I mean, is it going to work the same? I mean, it's a dark character. I mean, I guess, as we've said a couple times already, we'll get a decent idea of how dark they can go with Moon Knight here in a little bit. But 
Mahershala Ali Blade PG-13? It could work. It definitely could work, and I think they're probably going to try to go that route. And I'm we've seen, concerned. we've seen with modern day superhero movies that you can push that PG thirteen rating pretty far. Yeah. Um, for what you want to do, like we just saw the Batman, and we had an episode about it, and we called it a horror movie, and it was PG thirteen. That wasn't rated R. Yeah. And they were able to accomplish a lot. There was some yeah. like brutality in that movie. There was. Um, the Venom movies are PG-13. There's some brutality in those movies, even though we don't love them. But, I mean, they do push that PG-13 rating. Yeah. So if you wanted to make a Blade PG-13 movie, I think you could still get your message across if it's just presented in the right way without being rated R. Like, you don't have to completely eviscerate people and show me all their guts and blood for me to understand yeah. the importance of what Blade is doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and if you if you stylize like they did in this one when you kill the vampire and they turn to ash, I mean, I think that that's you can pretty much that's PG thirteen right there. Yeah, for sure. So as long as you don't have him running around calling everybody ridiculous names. But then again, we know Deadpool three is also on the horizon, and there that's going to be R. Yeah. So maybe if Blade will be the first, you know, foray into the R rated movies, if that's really the route they want to go. I think either way it'll it'll work, and I just I'm hoping for a a bright future for the blade character in the mcu definitely yeah i'm definitely more excited now to see it come back like i was super pumped to see mahershala ali in that role and see what he could do i think he's definitely going to be a good successor to wesley snipes because i mean i think wesley snipes did a great job i mean i thought he he outside of part three outside of part three he yeah part three (laughs) was a little bit more out there but um, but I mean, I thought he did a good job with that role. And I think Mahershala Ali obviously is an amazing actor. So watching him step into that role, but bringing that same quiet dignity, that quiet intensity, I think could just be awesome. And if he can get the, the action aspect down, um, yeah. I've never seen Mahershala Ali do full on fight scenes and stuff. So we'll see what he brings to that, but it's Marvel though. They'll, they'll make it work. Most definitely. Most definitely. We are in agreement. But yeah, I'm I'm more pumped now than I would have than I have been. Just revisiting this character was was a lot of fun, unexpected fun. Yeah, it was a nice little weird thought we had to watch these Blade movies, and we we're like, all right, let's roll with it. But I I'm glad we did. It'd been a while, and I I liked refamiliarizing myself with the character before he comes back uh, in the MCU. So yeah. can't say I regret it. Part one and part two are decent movies. Three was a slog to get through, but Hey man, we could say we did it and we never have to watch that movie again. Never, never going to do it again. <laughs> if you want to watch them, they're over on HBO max. So definitely check that out. We will be back next week, starting year two of raise the geek with episode 49. We'll figure out when we get done talking here with what we're going to talk about next week, we'll figure uh, it out. But moon we always coming. Do. We got all kinds of stuff coming for next week and coming into the future. Look forward. If you want to see any topics in the future, hit us up at raise the geek on Twitter or shoot us an email long form communication with raise the geek at gmail.com. If you're an independent creator of any kind, hit us up on one of those things. We'd love to hear from you and talk a little bit and see about having you on the show to talk about your creation, your passion, your art. We'd love to uh, share that with the world. And use our platform to get your stuff out there. So definitely hit us up that way, like Don said, at the front of the show. Like, subscribe, follow, five-star reviews. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is all we speak.